1972, a crack commando unit was sent to a liturgical prison by a canonical court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a maximum security diocesan stockade to the ecclesial underground. Today, still wanted by the Vatican, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, then you should listen to Libra Cristo War College. I love it. <laughs> Wednesday War College, Liber Cristo, Jesse Romero, Dr. Dan Schneider. Good job, Dan. Hey, uh, dig it up, dig it up there, the old Jesse fight videos, man. That's fantastic stuff. <laughs> that's the, that's the that's you were the original Rocky, man. That's fantastic. <laughs> you had your hands up, maybe. That's the way to do it. You this guy didn't even hit the ground and you already turned it over to your corner, man. That's the way you do it, Jess. Well done. <laughs> That's how you know. When you hit it, you know when it hits you, you know it's just right. <laughs> hey, Dan, uh, <laughs> today's topic is good. I, I, I really want to jump into it feet first because a lot of people have different opinions of it. But you come from this from a particular perspective that very few people have because you've been helping out in exorcisms, in solemn sessions for years. You've been dealing with this with people, uh, you know, with, with people that have been uh, fully possessed. And you've seen that there's kind of a nexus. You've seen this in spiritual warfare. I'm talking about tattoos and diabolical affliction, diabolical torment. So I know a lot of people, you know, lay people and maybe even some priests may have some opinions. But I think that what you bring to the table on this topic, uh, I think is is very unique so dan let me ask you a question because you and me have you know we've been being trained by father ripperger for for many years uh had, what is father ripperger or kyle clement who's father ripper's right hand man have they said anything about tattoos the dangers of tattoos maybe that the the, the ink is cursed uh there there could be sigils uh the the person's doing curses while yeah. he's doing the, the tattooing. Tell us what Father Ripperger, yourself, and Kyle, what you can tell us about the spiritual, the spiritual right, right. realm of tattoos. Yeah, I think. Well, I think Richard has a, a short clip from Father Ripperger. Uh, if we can play that, and then we'll kind of build off of what Father Ripperger says. Uh, in the early church, one of the scrutinies, one of the parts of the scrutinies is is that you have to go behind a curtain with someone of the same gender, either a deacon or a woman who was designated to do so, and they had to inspect your entire body for specific tattoos, which were signs of um, allegiance to specific demons or to specific gods. And if they saw that, you had to renounce those. Tattoos are a form of mutilation. Generally speaking, it's grave matter. And so there are tattoos that can open up the door. One possession that uh, I was talking to an exorcist recently about is the demons hold on the person who was connected to the tattoo. And it wasn't until it was removed that they could actually proceed. So I tell people, avoid them. Wow. That's... Uh... That says a mouthful right there. That just uh, th that's uh, I've never heard Father Ripperger say that, but that doesn't surprise me. That that's I mean that's consistent with his theology. Uh, yeah, yeah. Dan, when just, when, uh, when yeah. Father Ripperger read the, he did a peer review on the first draft of the manual, 
um, before it went off uh, for, to the Censor Librorum. And one of his comments back on this section on tattoos was he reminded me that um, that tattoos, properly speaking, he categorizes and we categorize in tradition um, under the sin of self-mutilation, which Catechism 2297, except for those uh, strictly therapeutic reasons um, these self-mutilations, amputations, and other things are, 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 father says grave matter. Elsewhere, he says that, um, uh, he, 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 he also note, notes that tattoos fall into the, the first, a violation, the first, what he calls it, what, what Thomas calls the first category of natural. This is common to all beings, the, the preservation of its own being, um, he, you know, his father says this is a sin against against uh, um, this violates our own self-preservation, he says, which God has put into us. It, 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 and, and, and let's say John Paul, Pope John Paul, St. John Paul's terminology, uh, his his philosophical approach would talk about the the, the um, in the phenomenologist approach, the, the dignity of the human person. It violates human dignity is what is what the, the language of phenomenology. So, so therefore, he's saying that, number one, that this is unnatural. Um, he also says it, go, it, it goes against modesty, um, um, and it's not, it's improper because it violates modesty as well, among other things. So, you know, again, that, that is kind of the philosophical background to it. And in this particular little clip, uh, and I've heard Father this say this before, as well as, as Kyle, um, that these, these, um, these also, we're talking about cases. Again, when you deal with these cases day in and day out, you, you, you learn to get very suspicious even of tattoos because you see a lot of times, again, Father refers to a demon hole. I would say um, at least half the time um, we have cases and they have, they have tattoos. Those tattoos do light up. Uh, they get hot. They get burning, burning sensation uh, during an exorcism. Uh, if you place any sacramentals or holy water, a crucifix, if a priest lays his stole on a tattoo, creates pain in, in a demon that's manifesting in a, in a possessed person. So, so we start to see the connection in the battlefield uh, of these things. And so this is one of the, one of the reasons. Now, Kyle has pointed out as well that, that sometimes um, um, tattoos were, were uh, not every time, but, but again, the average tattoo parlor is not a place that you and I want to hang out. Or I always ask people, uh, yeah, I don't like this. I got this tattoo and it's nice and it's not anything satanic. Uh, but would you want to go and uh, have this guy over to your house for, with your children Thanksgiving morning or Christmas morning? You know, it's just, you know, you're, you're creating a pact. Here's what Kyle says, and I quoted it in the manual. He, he, he also links it to cutting. Cutting may be a form of ritualistic scarring, especially if patterned symmetrically. This occurs more commonly among females of Celtic origin, suggested of druid practices of which the demon was pledged for the letting of blood. Tattoos are occultic inasmuch as the person who gets a tattoo becomes part of the confraternity of others who are the same image or who went to the same tattoo artist. The person's flesh has been marked with an unnatural and foreign, sometimes satanic object and image. Often sigils of demons may be hidden in the imagery of the tattoo, which act as a calling card for the demon. Mm. So a sigil is, you know, every demon has its own image, uh, and 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 these sigils are 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 different symbols. We know the all-seeing eye, the symbol of the Illuminati. Um, there's other the owl, the symbol of Lilith. So we see we see various sigils and images embedded um, um, that that the demon almost incessantly. Uh, and, and uh, drops his calling card on, on the cases that we're dealing with. And so when, you know, I've seen, you know, a guy that had 
uh, some some Aztec. I asked him, "What's the tattoo?" We always do. Like his father said, uh, the scrutinies. This is this is the preparation before someone is received into the body of Christ. They were stripped naked, and all their tattoos had to be de- denounced because these things mark this person. This goes back, and we can go into this in the next segment. This goes back to the old Old Testament imagery of of a mark of slavery. Uh, and so and, and we kind of do something similar in, in our in our protocol is that you have to check and see what these things look like because the demons sometimes hold in those. And again, you see it. We see it so often. Um, it's it's a huge warning flag for us. Dan, in, in fact, I'm, 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 I'm going to read here from an article from a, a Protestant wrote this. A, pro, a Protestant. Uh, it's called Righteous Acts Ministry. He says this Rolling Stone magazine quoted famous tattoo artist Paul Booth as saying that while he's tattooing people, quote, he allows his clients' demons to help guide the needle, close quote. Yeah. He, he says, uh, the Protestant says, I pray this article will prevent you from you or someone you know from further defiling these earthen temples we call our bodies. So, I mean, th- that's a huge statement. I'll say it again. Paul, Paul Booth, the famous tattoo artist quoted in Rolling Stone magazine, says that while he is tattooing people, he says, quote, he allows his clients demons to help guide the needle. Uh, and again, we also say just going back to Scripture, just about the fact that who does the body belong to? It's, this is very clear. First Corinthians six nineteen. Don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within right. you, whom you have from God, that you're not your own, for you've been purchased at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. So you have to ask yourself, what the, what you're putting on your body, how you're marking your body, is that glorifying God? That's a question that must be answered. Second Corinthians seven one, since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of flesh and spirit, making holiness perfect in the fear of God. So my question is, uh, do you think tattoos makes you holy? Uh, and 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 perfect in the fear of God, and do you believe that's uh, do you believe that uh, it defiles your flesh, or you believe it doesn't defile your flesh? Uh, Dan, what say you? Yeah, yeah, I think I think let's be very clear as Roman Catholics: what makes us holy in the eyes of God? What makes us holy in the eyes of God is the indelible mark of baptism. That that's what makes us holy. It's sanctifying grace. What was also referred to as habitual grace, the, the the habitual presence of divine life. What is grace? Divine life. So how are we marked? Our soul is marked. Our soul is indelibly marked. The demon recognizes that. This is one of the things that 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 we see as what we call talk about pattern breaks. We 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 what the demon is looking for are breaks in a pattern. Any action, any words, any thought, word, indeed that is contrary to the indelible mark of baptism. Um, the indwelling of grace in the soul. We are temples of the living God, says St. Paul. This is the dogma of the church. So, so anything contrary to that is a pattern break. So, so, uh, um, so number one, the answer to the first half of the question, um, yeah, I, 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 that, that's how we know we're holy. It, you can mark your body all you want, but the sign of holiness is something interior. It's an interior reality. When you go to heaven, you're not going. You, scrutinies are going to be interior. So, that, we'll, that, that one ask. I want to ask you in the next se- segment about this person by the name of Kat Von D. Uh, is reno- she's a very famous tattoo part. Uh, she's renouncing her practice because she's saying that uh, she wants to start living a clean life. We'll talk about that next.
we're talking about the the whole the whole uh, culture of tattoos seems to be very popular. It's 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 made a, a resurgence in popularity in recent times, and uh, we want we're talking from it from a from a spiritual warfare aspect. We're not coming at it. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're not talking, you know, obviously there's no magisterial statements on it. So we're just piecing together. There's a couple, there's a couple that, 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 again, this is, we don't want to get too, too, too deep into this because, um, but you know, Adrian the first had made a statement against prohibiting St. Basil the Great. Here's what he said. No man shall let his hair grow too long as do the heathen, as do the heathen. Those apostles of Satan who make themselves despicable by, by indulging in lewd and lascivious, lascivious, lascivious thought do not associate with those who mark themselves with thorns and needles so that their blood flows to the earth. So, so yeah, there's going to be other people that are going to try to say, well, that was time stamped. You know, this is culturally, this was the norm of the time. I've even heard a priest say that, that blasphemy, forgive me, Our Lady of Knock, by the way. We had some friends that gave us these statues of sweat. Great families, great young people. Not a single tat in the room, I promise you, last Friday night, Jess. Um, they're going to say, well, this is, this, is, this is not the way it is. In today's culture, I heard a priest say, oh, yeah, uh, Mary probably had tattoos all over her body. That was one of those times that was like, my family's holding me back from bum rushing the altar. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's it's unbelievable what some of the training these guys are getting. So, so no, there has been for for centuries. This was something that 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 Christians, even cultural Christians, didn't do. Going back even to my military days, Jess, remember the movie The Officer and the Gentleman? Oh yeah, oh yeah. What what happened in the opening scene? He's drunk with his dad on his birthday. His dad gets him a prostitute for his birthday, and and he wakes up with a tattoo on his arm. And he shows up for officer training. I want to fly jets, sir. Right. Lucas Jr. rips off the bandaid on his arm and he says, you can't be an officer. You have a tattoo. In my day, this was this was this this was this was grounds for getting dismissed as an officer. You you did not have a tattoo as an officer. And I'm not that old of a guy. You know what I mean? And, our, and that, this is how much of a, a bracket creep we've had on this issue in the last in our generation alone. I mean, if, if you, you could have a tattoo as an enlisted man. But as an officer, you had no tattoos. Your body was clean. It was conduct unbecoming of your uh, of an officer to have a tattoo. So this is how much culturally things have changed, and just in the just in the last twenty years, uh, yeah, and now and, and then it was enlisted guys. You could no sleeves, no visible tattoos, and now as recruit, they're they're having a harder time getting recruits. Now you, you'll see every once in a while the military is giving further and further allowances, but but even now the, even the military. Um, still has limitations on on tattoos. Let me ask you a question, Dan. As a, there's there's one reference to tattoos. It's in the Book of Leviticus. I know people will say that's time stamped. That applied to the Jews or a, at a particular time in history for a particular mm -hmm. reason. It's in Leviticus nineteen twenty eight. Right. It says, "You shall not make any cuttings in your flesh on account right. of the dead or tattoo." Any marks upon upon you? I am the Lord. Close quote. Leviticus nineteen twenty eight. Now, you know, some people will say, "Well, this is part of the, you know, maybe just the ritual law that was specific to the Old Testament." This doesn't apply today. But what we can say is that there are still spiritual principles that apply. For example, the fact that cutting in the Old Testament, we would call that the sin of mutilation. Uh, that still applies today. Uh, yeah, we see cu we see cutting all the time in cases. Yes, psychological yeah. and spiritual. Yeah. So 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 that part of that part of that prohibition still applies today. 
and yeah. and and the the prohibition on tattoos. I the would just say again the prohibition as well on um, uh, on bestiality. Pro, the prohibition: um, you shall not lie with a male as with a woman. With such a thing as abomination, you should have car- you should not have carnal relations with an animal. Defying your- defiling yourself with it is that time stamped? That's only mentioned once in the Bible, right? <laughs> that was that was that a period specific social socio political norm, right? Uh, no, I mean some just because it's not repeated uh, um, repeatedly in the Bible. Again, we have a Protestant understanding of what Scripture means. But I'm sorry to interrupt. I have another. No, scripture. no, no. Go again. Continue. Continue. So, uh, so I heard explain that. people say Isaiah. Okay, so so. Uh, uh, tattoos were always a mark. This was something that, well, St. Ba- Basil's quote, the heathen, the pagan, the non-Christian, uh, uh, or the non-Jew in the Old Testament. This is something that they did. Um, this is a Jewish scholar, uh, a, a good article. If you, It's an academic article, The Biblical Prohibition Against Tattooing. It's in Vetus Testamentum, uh, 2013. Um, uh, two, two Old Testament scholars. And here's what here's what they say. What tattoos were apparently often used for in ancient Mesopotamia was marking enslaved people and in Egypt as decorations for women of all social classes. Egyptian captives were branded with the name of a god, marking them as belonging of the priest Mm -hmm. or pharaoh. But devotees might also be branded with the name of a god that they worshipped. Right. Mm -hmm. So here's what I here's what I get. Okay. so in in Isaiah 44, um, I uh, hear then, O Jacob, my servant. This is verse one. Thus says the Lord who made you. Your help, who formed you from the womb. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, my the darling whom I have chosen. I will pour out water upon the thirsty ground and streams upon dry land. I will pour out my spirit upon offsprings, and my blessing shall be upon your descendants. They shall spring up amid the verdure, verdure like poplars beside the flowing waters. And here's the verse that I get uh, people will say uh, defending tattoos. One shall say, I am the Lord's. Another shall be named after Jacob. And on this one shall write on his hand, the Lord's. And Israel shall be his surname. So see, there you go. In the Old Testament, God says you can have tattoos. Not so. The, he, Isaiah is, God is speaking through Isaiah to a people that were enslaved. To a people that once they were captured, they were branded with the mark of, of their of their captors, of, of one of the gods of Egypt, etc. And what he is saying is, is you are no longer you are not a slave to them. You are a slave. You are a slave of the living God. Right. But 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 even so, what occurred in history, we now have in mystery. We move from from letter to spirit in the new covenant. And what is the verses leading up to this talking about? When does God pour out water upon thirsty grounds? When does he pour streams upon the dry land? I will pour out my spirit upon your offerings, my blessings upon your descendants. This is a reference to the, 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 the language of water. Jesus very clearly denotes, especially in, in the gospel of John, that rivers of water shall flow up within him, right? I will get to the Samaritan woman. I will give you the waters which you, you will never thirst again, right? So the image of waters flowing from the side of Christ at, at crucifixion, these are the baptismal waters. This is the waters that cause regeneration. And what do we say in the language of theology? Delible mark, a permanent, unrever- irreversible mark, right? There was, a, there was a fad for a while where people would show up at the local parish and want to be taken off the baptismal rolls and be de- unbaptized. It can't be done any more than our generation. What do we have on our, what was that thing we got on our left arm? That, was it tetanus we used to get, or was it, uh, 
What was that shot that we all got in grade school that everybody went up carefully and got their tennis? Now the new generation, what do they get? They get a little Kool-Aid. We had our bodies marked with this shot, right? I mean, we people our generation still have that mark. It's like saying, I want to get that reversed. It can't be reversed. This is indelible. The mark of Christ belongs to us. The demon sees it very clearly. We must always be consistent with that indelible mark. And so it says here in Isaiah, this one shall mark on his hand. He's talking to people that were walking around like the Jews who walked around Auschwitz with with tattoos of their of their of their number on their body, marking them, marking them for death, marking them for slavery. Uh, so 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 I, I just don't see I don't see the overriding of that. If you understand how we move from the old into the new, and again, this is not a condemnation of anyone who has tattoos. It's just that the the. Um, you know, um, it, it just it, I just think the arguments fall short when you're trying to call it call out the Old Testament or discount the Old Testament wholeheartedly. That, saying, that well, we ask, don't believe. That. Let me ask you about this world renowned California tattoo artist and entrepreneur yeah. from a television reality, reality series. Her name is Kat Von D, whose full name is Catherine Von Drakenberg. She used to offer a offer a tarot themed collection and a shade of black lipstick she had named witches but uh back in back 2 years ago she sold her shares in her makeup company and began covering up her tattoos according to movie guide so what happened to this cat von d that she now has moved away from her business uh called uh you know black this black lips that called witches and uh what do you think caused her to move away from it and, uh, and 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 even began covering up her tattoos. What's going? Is she going through a conversion? Well, I think you know when she talks about the spiritual battle. The next paragraph says, "I don't know if any of you have been going through changes in your lives right now, but in the last few years I've gone through some pretty meaningful realizations. Many of them revolving around the fact that I've got a lot of things wrong in my past. Mm-hmm. So the interesting thing here is, uh, on our topic is the connection between the occult and and tattoos. Often." Often it's very, very, very difficult to separate the two. Very difficult. And the number two is we see this all the time. We see this. What marks? What she talks about? Uh, um, um, what 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 marks the, the what what attracts the the retaliation? Oftentimes is metanoia. What she look? What she what she calls pretty mean, meaningful realizations in uh, in Greek? That word is metanoia. Right. It's a turn. It's an about face. It's a change, a military term. When you're marching, they say about face. Boom. You turn around and go the other direction. It's 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 a change in your thought. It's a change in the way you view the world. So, yeah, she's going through some sort of conversion. And what does she say? Um, She she doesn't want to invite anything macabre into her home. Mm -hmm. I've always found beauty in the macabre, she says. But at this point, I had to ask myself, what is my relationship with this content and the truth is, I just don't want to invite any of these things into our family's lives, even if it comes disguised in beautiful covers, collecting dust on my shelves. So she says, she explained to her followers, there was definitely a spiritual battle taking place, and she wanted only love and light around her wow. and her family. Right? So so we see this is it. I mean, here we are. We have a, a stark example from Hollywood that's saying, no, I'm changing my life. I have a realization, this this aha moment. Right. And it always happens. We see this. There is always a moment where the, where the, the demon will drive we, the phrase that you hear us say that that the devil militates to absurdity. And at some point, the person they, they, in their bloodlust, they will drive you to a total absurdity, absurd behavior. And the person will say, I will do this, but I won't do that. 
And and that that point when they they offer one ounce of resistance to the demon, boom, that's when they get hit. And then when they get hit, they they either push back or they acquiesce. And so in her case, God love her. She's fighting back. Good for her. She's making a change and she's covering up her tattoos. And she she and and one of the pictures on this article, this article just came out last week, by the way. Um, she, she, she took a picture of all the occult books and the tarot books and everything else that she was dealing with and she got rid of them and, 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 uh, she, she wants to make her home for light and love, right. Uh, or love and what would she call it? Love and love and light. And what is the opposite? Anyone who's under affliction, they'll tell you it's pure and absolute hatred, pure and absolute darkness. And so, and so that's annoying. We need to pray for her because because we see this all the time. This is an extreme case, right? But again, the devil militates to absurdity. In these in these extreme cases, we see the pattern the way the evil one works. Yes. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for Kat Von D now, during her conversion and at the hour of her death. Amen. We'll continue I want to talking. send extra love to everyone out there. Hope through that some of these trying times, you are making meaningful changes in your life too. Amen. Amen. She's an advancement already. Yeah. Take those yeah. changes. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll continue talking about tattoos. Beverly, get up, get up, get up, stand up, wake up, stand up for Jesus. Don't hit the snooze button, Catholics. You're listening to Wednesday War College. Just remember, Dan Schneider, we're having a discussion about tattoos. Dan, let me ask you a question. Over in in the Middle East, there is a slight tradition, and I found several articles where it says this, where you got Christian cops... Those are the those are the Christians in Egypt, which have a very long history back to the first century. Mm-hmm. They have a tradition where they put a, they put a small cross on the inside of the wrist to grant them access to churches. And uh, I've just read they also do this to, to to let Muslims know because they've been persecuted by Islam so so tremendously. It's also basically to 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 make sure that they won't apostatize. Uh, but to me, that's having a small cross on the inside of your wrist is a lot different from having a sleeve. I mean, what do you think about this copped tradition? Well, Pope Benedict XVI had written uh, as well on the principle he said to beware of. Okay, that is a false, a false archaeologism. And what does he mean by that? We have to beware as 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 Western Roman Catholics. To, to have a false archaeologist, meaning you go back into archaeology, you do this archaeological dig, and you try to pull something out of the, the, uh, from a, the, the teachings of a saint, the, 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 some tradition uh, of, of, in the early church, a saint that said this, and try to, and try to refit it, uh, retrofit it back into a modern situation, particularly when you're going into the East. So my first reaction is, that's great. Let the cops do what they want to do. But we're Western. We're Roman Catholics. 
That's my my first response. This is not what we do in our as 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 Western Roman Catholics. This is not what we do. Number one, and I think again, it's good uh, response. Good response. Communion in the hand is another one. That's okay. It's an it, it is an indulgence. It is it is something that is allowed, right? And people say, well, Cyril of Jerusalem said, when you when you receive the Lord, make a throne in your hand, right? But he but they don't give you the rest of the quote. When you receive the precious blood, if you have if you if you if you if you can put it in your ears so that you will hear the word of God more clearly, we must go back and and not do to the fathers of the church as as the Protestants do to the Bible. You can't just pull the scripture verse out a quote out. You've got to understand the context. So 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 yeah, I would say that's great. If you want to do that, that's a tradition. That's that's something they do in that tradition. That's not that that's not our tradition. You know what our tradition is? Me and Richard were talking about it before the show. Yeah. Our tradition is is Catholic nuns teaching us in grade school, saying, don't you ever mark your body. You don't even write on your body. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. This is what right. we've heard since we were kids, at least when, <laughs> when we were kids. Now, who knows? But the message is against, against parents. Uh, you know, parents are fighting against. The kids are getting a thousand cues and messages a day that this is this is acceptable behavior. And and, uh, and again, in the tradition of the church, I just I, I would say that the that that. That yeah, you you can look for places in the past or other parts of history or other other traditions, etc. But let's be true to our own traditions first. It's kind of like it's kind of like it's kind of like uh, um, what's it called the uh, um, uh, censoring prayer, right? People go to an axe retreat, depending on where it's at, yeah, and then yeah. afterwards they Dan, teach- hold, hold that thought, hold that thought a second, because uh, uh, Blanca just called up, and I want I want to have a conversation with Blanca. Hold that okay. thought. Okay, Blanca, you're on with uh, Dan and Jess. Welcome to the show, Blanca. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you for calling, Blanca. Thank you so much. Uh, Dan told me a little bit about your story, and we're talking about the topic of tattoos. And so I'm interested in hearing from you, uh, you know, somebody who had gotten some tattoos before in the past, and now you're taking your faith very seriously. You're taking your relationship with Jesus very seriously. And you've become a serious Catholic. Now you've had kind of a change of thought. You, 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 now you feel differently about tattoos. Can you tell us a little bit about that journey and, and what are you doing about it? Yeah, so um, back when I used to get a bunch of tattoos, I wanted to cover my body in tattoos. But I was living a very different life than I'm living now. I didn't. I wasn't serious about my faith whatsoever. And... Only a year ago, I uh, went through a pretty intense um, conversion, and now learning about my body and 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 recognizing my body is a gift. My body doesn't belong to me. I've I recognize now that I've marked it up and I've kind of I've dirtied it up, and I kind of want to go through that process of of cleaning it up for the Lord, and rather use my body to glorify God rather than making it basically. A um, a billboard something, yeah, some like a, something that I can decorate. Which you know, I have. Who says that I have the right to do that? Yeah, and, and so so all all this. So your change of thoughts happened as you started taking your faith seriously, knowing more about Jesus and His Church, and uh, and this made you change your mind about all the tattoos that you had on, right? Yes, most definitely, most definitely, because. We just don't have to. We get such a weird perception of what um, of everything, and I had, you know, I didn't, I didn't recognize how 
much of a of a gift and how precious my body is, especially as a woman. And and this just learning more about my faith, it's just it's opened my mind to this realization and and what I've done to my body. And it's it was it's pretty unfair to Blanca, God who has trusted me with this. Blanca, would you say that it's pretty simple for a young person, male or female, to get absorbed by the the whole tattoo culture? You know, that comes from pop culture, Hollywood, the movies, the media, the promotion of it. Is it pretty easy to fall into it if you're not grounded in your Catholic faith? Oh, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And then um, there's not so much of explicit teaching on Jews. And there's a lot of people, spiritual direct priests, when you start to get serious about your faith, who you know, give you a definitive answer. So it's it's even harder to to learn the truth, and uh, if you're not actively seeking it out and asking God to enlightenment. Yeah, Dan, you got any questions and for Blanca? Doing it, huh? Yeah, yeah. So Blanca, we had talked we had talked before as well, and you had mentioned the word reparation. Uh, tell us a little bit more about your mindset when you when you decided to go back and and get these tattoos removed. You had mentioned that you had mentioned you're doing this in reparation, and you also mentioned that working with children um, kind of sparked something, a, a peak of conscience in you. Oh yes, um, like the my decision to get them removed, it's uh it was solidified by just like that that word reparation. Uh, it's a physical. And visual reminder that I'm I'm going through a process of purification, both spiritually and physically. So I, at first I was kind of um, like topsy turvy about the decision, but now that word reparation, I'm like, yes, I'm definitely going to go through with this. It's not an easy process. It is. It's very dis- it's discomforting. It's it's a painful process, but and it's not pretty either. The tattoos start to fade pretty gross, but that reparation and that physical reminder that I'm, what I'm doing, it's not for me and for God and, and to show him that, you know, I'm like cleaning it up, cleaning up my body as I'm cleaning up my spirit and my soul. And, um, and I, I work with a lot of kids and, and at first initially, um, what sparked my, my thought about getting to my tattoos removed is I'm always around children and more, more, more even um, children of the, uh, in faith-based families. And, you know, they, they like me and they're like, oh, you're, you're, you know, they, they cling to me and, and play with everything. And, and I don't want them looking up to me and thinking that it's okay for them to get tattoos as well. Oh, if they look up, they, oh, well, she has them. It might be all right. And I don't want to be them if they don't come up and talk to me about how I feel if they come up and talk to me about how they how, uh, how I feel tattoos I will tell them don't do it don't make the same mistakes that I did but some children might not have the opportunity to talk to me about these things so I might influence them to make a mistake in their life as well I might contribute to that and I don't want to be that person for them Blanca so you're going through you're going right now also as reparation through some some type of laser removal process Yes, I'm going through laser tattoo removal. It's uh, costly, and it is it's it is painful. It's but it's all for God, and it's it's doable. It's doable. It's nothing I can't tolerate. Yeah. Wow. 
uh, yeah, God is going to honor your sacrifice and, uh, and, and what a, well, this, this actually shows that your, your conversion was actually is uh, genuine. It's authentic because, uh, you're willing to, uh, unite your sufferings with Christ because that can't, that can't be easy. And I commend you, uh, Blanca, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, you've added a whole lot to it. Dan, anything you want to say to Blanca before we let her go? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, a couple of things. One is, you know, we 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 often run into cases where there's there's uh, uh, someone has um, formal. Uh, they, I mean, they've got self mutilation of, of a vasectomy, tubal ligation, etc. And again, we refer them back to their pastor to make the final decision. This is something between the, the conscientious uh, a parishioner and her pastor. Uh, we're not pastors, but we refer them back to the pastors. But but a lot of the pastors will tell them if you have the means, um, go through the reversal process. Uh, and be open to life, even if you're beyond the, the the ability to bear children, because it's part of the it, it's a sin, and it's part of the temporal punishment, um, the remediation of the temporal punishment due to sin. And what she's doing is very laudable and 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 bodily. It's you want to show the Lord how much you bodily love Him. Give Him your body in this way. Uh, um, recommit yourself to, uh, bodily to Him. I think it's very beautiful. Blanca also said that, uh, and I know she's a very prayerful woman. She you had mentioned Blanca about. You couldn't imagine Jesus and Mary with with tattoos, right? Uh, it was something else that, that really kind of in your contemplation of the life of Christ and the life of His mother. Can you expand on that? Yes, yeah, just um, like sometimes when I come up with or come to these kind of walls where I'm like, Blanca, like, hold that thought. We'll keep you up. Yes. We'll keep you on for the next segment. Hold that thought. We're going to a okay. quick commercial break. We'll be back in about two minutes. Stick around. We want to hear her reflections. Uh, Jesus, Jesus, uh, War College. Wednesday, War College. Jess Romero, Dan Schneider. Stick around. Sure, yeah. We're back Wednesday, War College. Jess Romero, Dan Schneider. We've got Blanc on the line. I just want to mention there's a, a famous quote. Uh, Kim Kardashian, who has no tattoos, surprisingly, her sisters do. She told her sister, Chloe, the reason she doesn't have any tattoos. She said this. Why are you going to put bumper stick? Oh, no. She says, I'm not going to put bumper stickers on a Bentley. So I was like, wow. <laughs> Interesting. And this is a pagan. And this, this is, is the, she, she's a Bentley because of her physique. How, imagine what we are. She's exactly. a Bentley. We're yeah. a, we're an F fifteen. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're, well, we're a, a battleship. We don't. You don't see any bumper stickers on 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 the on the, uh, the you know a battleship. Let me read something that I wrote just for the in the manual, okay? And okay. I want to keep Blanca in on this conversation. And I want yes. you to weigh in as a cop, okay? Uh, yeah. Not copped a cop policeman, okay? Yes, Popo. sir. Yes, sir. Over time, tattoos became associated with idolatry. According to, to uh, these two Jewish biblical scholars, the meaning of tattoos ranges from mythology to tribal history to Buddhist religious symbols to statements about personal values and beliefs. They note that, quote, tattoos sent messages and are prevalent among gang members and prisoners, celebrate life-changing events, serve as a sign of status within a culture such as the tattoos on an elder shaman, or to mark the, mis the mistress of a gang leader to identify her as the leader's property. At best, they, this is me now, at best, All they true. All true. a specific and unholy time and place. At best, 
At worst, they contain pagan, ritualistic, and occultic elements. Traditionally, Christians have followed the biblical prohibition, although that is that is now changing. I know, and and and, and uh, uh, somebody just mentioned to me uh, about the, the 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 a lot of prisoners seeing the Virgin Mary on their back. And again, you're 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 the popo, so you've been there. But but I know a lot of guys that have done this, um, put a, the Virgin Mary on their back to prevent being violated in, in prison. Yeah, Dan. They, they, most of them that I know that do this do it superstitiously. Absolutely. Yeah, they don't. They're not doing it because they're having a, you know, a deep metanoia. They do it again because they they use religious symbols, and especially in the California prisons, they use it as a way that they've been told. You know, the the uh, the Mexican mafia. They've been told that this helps them ward off evil spirits. So right, they have, no, yeah, they have kind of an understanding of sacramentals, yeah. but it's 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 a deformed it's a deformed understanding where they they uh, apply the the theology of sacramentals to a tattoo on their back so they won't get raped at night or something. But uh, yeah, Blanca, let me ask you a question. There's a very popular Catholic priest by the name of Father Mike Schmitz who got a tattoo and he put it on the internet. He made a video about it. He announced it. And he he actually he says that he's not exactly happy about getting the tattoo about it. Now, let me ask you a question as a lay Catholic. Does um does that send a mixed message to you as a young woman that a Catholic priest who has some type of recognition would would promote the fact that he had he got a tattoo? And that he's he's kind of conflicted about it, but nonetheless, he went out and put it out on YouTube, and he he got uh, thousands of hits. What do, do you expect more from our priest, or would you say, ah, oh, that's okay? You know what? He's in a he's a human being. He's he's entitled to get a tattoo. What what would you say, Blanca? Yeah, I would say that I expect more from our our leaders in that sense because that one kind of hits me personally because I'm exactly this situation. Because it did affect me personally. I was starting to feel comfortable, like, oh, okay, maybe I don't have to get my tattoos removed. Because, look, he got hit, he got it, so maybe it's not big of a deal. So that did, it, that impacted me personally and almost decided not to go through with my tattoo removal process. And with the subject of tattoos, um, as non expensive as the teachers may be, it send a mix and I don't think him in as influential as it is, it's pretty messed up not like it's I don't think it was wise of him to make that decision and and show that he did that because he does have a very large following with the youth and the younger younger generation yeah Dan what do you what do you say Dan yeah yeah I, I can say as again I can we we can talk about this from experience we can talk about it um you know from session but as a parent I think you know we saw you and I just we saw some amazing kids last weekend some amazing parents and and all those parents out there that are trying to raise their children in this culture of death you know a thousand messages a day amplified against the church against the truth against purity uh, um, so I, I just think I just think it, it, it really is as a bit of a disservice um, when we don't get clarity from the clergy on these issues, um, and 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 it and it 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 it, it, help, it makes it harder for parents to raise Catholic and godly children in this world to help them see the clean from the unclean. Well, Dan, I, I can tell you 
one Catholic priest friend I know of, a friend of mine, well, they're actually both my friends, uh, Father Mike Schmitz, once again, who got a tattoo and put it out on the Internet, made a video, let everybody know that he got a tattoo, and that he's kind of like, ah, he's kind of conflicted about the fact that he got it. He's not happy about it. Another Catholic priest friend of mine, Father Donald Calloway, regrets ever getting a tattoo. Here's what he texted me a while back ago when I asked him about this. Father Donald Calloway said this. He says, I frequently speak about the dangers of yoga, Harry Potter, and tattoos. He says, though on a different level, tattoos are lame, in my opinion. I actually have one. I got it when I was a deadhead back in the day. Now as a Catholic priest... I would never encourage anyone to get a tattoo. It's a permanent scourge on your body. I can't wait for the day for Jesus to burn it off before I enter, hopefully, the gates of paradise. I can pretty much guarantee you all, there are no tattoos in heaven. God bless you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, going back to, to something Kyle said about, about the... Uh, and again, I quoted I quoted this in the manual that a person becomes a uh, part of a confraternity of others who are the same image. So when you enter, you're part of the confraternity now of that tattoo parlor of those with those similar images. The Razuk tattoo, which is in the Holy Land, um, that boasts to be the oldest tattoo parlor in the world, they've put on their webpage. Uh, again, how hard is it to separate the occult elements in today from from tattoos, even if it's a Christian uh, image? Some two of their ambassador tattoo parlors, and they they live in different parts of the world. One of them is called the Skin Sorcerer. Another tattoo parlor is called the Tarot Tattoo. So you're 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 entering into this this enmeshment of configure of 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 a of a um, a confraternity as well. So I mean I I can't say it in in, in simple enough terms. What are what the what the religious what Richard and I were talking about before the show? Just don't do it. It's not worth doing it. And and I laud uh, um you know, Blanca for this. And again, it flows, from, it flows from a very, a very pure heart and a place of wanting to not just make things right, but to, but to completely change her life to God. I, I love what you say about Jesus and Mary not, not having tattoos. And I think they're models for us. I mean, how many saints do we think about? Oh yeah. St. Thomas, he had that one. Oh yeah. St. Bonaventure, he had this one tattoo. Oh yeah. You know, maybe, maybe St. Sebastian. And that was again, forced as part of his unit. Right. And, and I- and, and I can say something as a retired cop that most of the people that get t- tattoos that I dealt with in the streets, uh, particularly the Mexicans, the black gangs and the white gangs, they put on tattoos specifically to intimidate society. They'll put, for example, what's common is they'll put tattoos on their head, all over their head, on their face, on their forehead, under their eyes, on their cheeks, on their neck. This I remember this one guy I used to arrest him all the time. He was a bad, bad kid, bad, bad young. He had a tattoo across his neck. It said "wicked" in blo- in Roman letter in Roman block letters right across his neck. He'd been kicked out of six high schools in Los Angeles County. You know how hard it is to get kicked out of high school in Los Angeles. He'd been kicked out of six high schools. He would never answer to his name. His name was Mario. He would never answer to his name to law enforcement, mom and dad, counselors, anybody, probation officer. He would only answer to the name Wicked. So I can tell you this. Gang members use tattoos to intimidate people in society, to, to, to conjure up fear. And, and it's, it's pretty effective. 
when you see a guy walk you know up to you and he's got tattoos on his face and the top of his head and on his neck and it says all kinds of vile things you know that this guy wouldn't bat an eye uh you know to try to pull out a gun and and, and take your wallet or take your car so i i could tell you that there's that there there's a real uh nexus between the criminal the criminal mind and tattoos i'm not saying all people that get tattoos are criminals but i'm saying it does factor into the criminal mind yeah yeah i want to read something this is father rutler oh though we Uh, wanted to get blanca's comment on jesus and mary tell us about tell us about your reflections on jesus and mary oh yeah so like in imitating them um one just kind of things like this um I, I find it helpful to picture, well, could I see them doing this? Could I see Jesus and Mary getting tattoos? And absolutely not. I could never. And you'd be you'd be a fool to say that you could see Jesus and Mary in a in a creepy tattoo parlor getting a tattoo. It just it doesn't make sense. They're not necessary to get. Mm, and, yeah. I, we, and to imitate them, you know, we want to also look like them and to be identified with them. Amen. And and being identified with criminals. And, uh, you know, bad people, that doesn't really, it doesn't make sense. It just, it doesn't make sense. Blanca, let me ask you a question, Quentin. We've got a minute left with you. When you were inside tattoo parlors getting a tattoo, could you feel, or were you desensitized to it, could you feel kind of an an evil presence there, an evil ambiance, kind of like the environment was evil and dark and stuff, or or were you just indifferent because that was was part of the world that that you – you know, that you were used to. Did you feel anything different in a tattoo parlor or was it just status quo? Was it just normal to you? I would say that I was a bit desensitized and and um, I don't, I can't really speak on that because uh, the tattoo parlor that I went to wasn't very, it didn't have gross imagery on the walls and I, I knew the the guys pretty well. But I can say that I went to a tattoo festival one time in Albuquerque and yes, absolutely there was weird feelings and gross things all over the place. And it, there, there's nothing Catholic about that. Mm, mm. Blanca, thank you for coming on the show. We'll have you on again. Thank you very much. God bless you, young lady. Keep the faith. And uh, and uh, we're happy you're back part of Team Jesus. Dan, thank you final comments? Yeah, yeah, let's just go back to basic. Sac- there are three sacraments that have the... Oh, the music's here, Dan. We're going to we're gonna have to do that next time. It's time. It's time for us to shut it down. Yeah. It's time to let the yeah. chatter take over. That's right. Hey, That's you've been listening stuff, to Wednesday... Yeah, you've been listening to Wednesday War College. I hope this was helpful. This is a topic needed to be talked about. Uh, this is uh, Liber Crystal War College. Up next, Gary Machuda, hands-on apologetics. As for us... We are E-O-W, end of watch. Out of service, but never out of service for Jesus. God bless you. Keep the faith.